Cathy, are you free to talk? The text message read. It was from Tash, a friend and, like me, a foster carer. Her full name was Natasha, but we all knew her as Tash, and she lived about a five-minute drive away. Normally I would have seen her every few months, either at foster carer training or our monthly support group meetings, which included time to talk over a coffee, but that hadn't happened since before the pandemic. I assumed she was phoning for a chat or to arrange a get-together. The country was gradually coming out of lockdown and restrictions on mixing were easing. I also assumed the reason she'd texted first, rather than just phoning, was because of the time. It was nearly 10pm, when most of us with children were winding down after a busy day or on our way to bed. I'd been about to switch off the television and go up to bed, but I was happy to hear from her. Rather than reply to her text, I decided to call. She answered straight away. Oh, Kathy, just a minute, she said, sounding flustered. It went quiet, as though she might have been going to another room, and I thought I should have texted first. Tash lived with her husband, Jamal, their 15-year-old son, Ryan, 13-year-old daughter, Evie, and a looked-after child. They often fostered teenagers, which seemed to work well with their own children. I didn't know who she was fostering at present, as I hadn't seen or spoken to her for some time. Although we were friends, I wouldn't say we were close friends. She was younger than me, and it was fostering that had brought us together. I heard a door close, then Tash came on the phone. Oh, Kathy, thank you for calling, she said, her voice trembling. What is it, Tash? Are you okay? No. Are you hurt? No, she said, and began to cry. Tash, please tell me what's wrong. Is it one of your family? Is someone ill? Please don't say a loved one has died, I silently prayed. No, no one's ill. She stifled another sob. Is everything all right with Jamal? I tried. He's in the other room. I had to come out as he can't bear to talk about what's happened, but I need to talk. I thought you might understand as you've been fostering for so long. I'll help if I can, I said. My heart was racing, and any thought of sleep had gone. What could possibly have happened to make Tash so upset? She was usually confident, vibrant, and very able to cope. She gave another sob. It's Bex, she said. Who's Bex? The young person we were fostering. You didn't meet her. She arrived after lockdown and was here for six months. She's accused Ryan of sexually abusing her. Oh, no. I knew then Tash had every reason to be distraught. Her son had been accused of abusing their foster child. It's a living nightmare, Tash said. We've had the police here and... She dissolved into tears again. Take your time, I said gently. I waited for her to recover. My adult daughter, Paula, was upstairs in her room, and Damien, the seven-year-old I was fostering, was asleep in his room. I can't believe this is happening to us, Tash said at last. The police have interviewed all of us separately, Ryan, Evie, Jamal, and me, like criminals, and all because Bex was angry with me. They even contacted the school to see if they had any concerns about us. So they all know now. Her voice trembled with emotion. What happened for Bex to make the claim? I asked. 
I heard Tash sniff and say to someone there, I won't be long. Then to me, she said, that was Jamal wondering where I was. This is destroying us. I can imagine. We're getting no support from the social services. They say they can't talk to us or comment about the case until the investigation is complete. Their first priority is with the looked-after child. But what about us? Tash said, her voice rising. We're the victims here. I knew of other carers who'd been put in a similar position, where an allegation had been made by a looked-after child and that the social services followed a strict procedure. Often, not even the carer's supervising social worker, SSW, contacted the carer until the investigation was complete. What about Joy? I asked. We shared the same supervising social worker, Joy Phillips. She phoned once when it first happened, and that's it. She's not allowed to discuss it with me either.